Hello, this is Pastor Kenny, and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you would like more information about what we are all about, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org. Enjoy! Uh, as we worked our way through First uh, Peter, we're going now through First John, and this is John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. This is what John wrote about himself in John 13, 23. He's the disciple whom Jesus loved. And so we go now to 1 John. In 1 John 1, we find these words, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at in our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of God. We have seen, we have looked at, we have heard, we have touched. These are the senses. These are uh, the understanding that uh, John, like Peter, was there with Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was um, God. Let me read that again. I kind of messed it up. This is from John 1. John 1. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So not to be confused, but this is John saying, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, but even more, the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Jesus was with God at the beginning of time, which time is just an interesting thing that's hard for us to comprehend that there ever was a beginning because there never was a beginning. And so um, not to confuse you, but Jesus has always been the word was not just with the word was not just um, with God. But the word was God itself. And uh, that'd be a great talking point or a discussion for a small group uh, over coffee or a campfire or as you're going on a hike or uh, kayaking or somewhere where you can catch your breath, where you can talk about, man, what does that mean that Jesus was not just with God, but he was God? Well, John starts to bring this out to us uh, more clearly in First John 1, 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, seen, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. This is what God is telling us. This is what John is telling us through God that we need to understand and really relate to. That he heard, saw, gazed, looked at, and touched. Have we been able to know God or do we just know things about God? There's this uh, Greek word, it's gnosko. It means to know or to be known. It's not just a transfer of head knowledge. When you take a test, sometimes uh, I was good at English, kind of, and uh, history because I could memorize those things. Uh, math and science that always seem to be changing, always seem to be revealing something new. I would say that we are not to be nervous with science, especially as Christians, but we can look at science and say, oh, well, that's how God did that. That's how the Creator designed that. That actually reveals the truth of that. We're going to find more of that uh, Wednesday's in-person study, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, that tells that in a very clear way. And I'm so excited about that. Seven o'clock Wednesdays at the chapel, masks required. Also during the uh, Know What You're For study, we're going through how can people know uh, what Christians are for? They seemingly know or assume they know what Christians are against, but what can we be known for? 
to be known, not just uh, sitting down and just a transfer of information, not just sitting down and going through your whole diatribe of why you think things should be done a certain way. It's not simply your opinion, but it's to be known through experience. It's to know because you've seen it, you've heard it, you've witnessed it, you've actually touched it, you've grasped it, grasped it. I've shared an illustration before that when somebody says, what's nine plus nine? And I make a stupid, foolish dad joke about with new math. I don't know how to come up with this anymore. But I remember for me, it was not saying nine plus nine. Hey, what do you have? And somebody told me 18 and I wrote down 18 and I have the right answer. But you actually do the math. Nine plus nine, you drop the eight, you carry the one. Oh, 18. You actually did the work. You experienced it. It doesn't mean you had a lack of faith and so you cheated. So, oh, I got the right answer. No, but we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We begin to know through experience what God has for us. And then we can understand. The life appeared and we have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Uh, this is in response to that. The life appeared. Well, we find these words in John 14, 6. I think I have it here. The life appeared. And in John 14, 6, in response to Thomas's question, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So this life that John is speaking of is the life that Jesus called himself. John 14, 6, John writes this, that as Thomas questioned, who are you? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. As we look on to uh, this John 1, 3, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may also have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. This is an invitation for us. This is a proclamation of John saying, We proclaim to you. We invite you. We declare to you. We are so filled with urgency that this must be heard. This must be said. This must be shared. Uh, because we've seen it. We've heard it. We've experienced it. And we want you to join us in this fellowship. We want you to be a part of this goodness. And as Living Hope Wesleyan Church, as as Christians, as those called of God, as those that are desiring for people to know his love, his forgiveness, his healing, his truth, his help, we proclaim to you this fact so that you also may have fellowship with Jesus. You also might be included. Sometimes fellowship is um, uh, a religious term where we think a fellowship of people. It's a group. It's an exclusive um, group of people. And Jesus would say that you are being invited to become part of the family of God, the body of Christ. We are invited, uh, we are told as Christians to invite others, to even compel others to know God's truth by our love for them, because that's how Jesus displayed his love for us. Jesus, while we were still cr sinners, Christ died for us. So if somebody believes differently than you, votes differently than you, uh, we are to love them. 
I just have to tell, I feel like I need to cont- uh, need to share a quick story, a book I read. It just shared how there is a small group, what we call life groups, uh, take a place. And in this life group, uh, somebody noticed a vehicle in the parking lot. And this vehicle had a bumper sticker of someone they did not vote for, somebody that they would say is opposed to the Christian way, someone they would be so opinionated on that they miss actually the spiritual point. But I digress. In that small group, they just said, oh, I think it's wonderful that our church is reaching lost people, that it's reaching unsaved people. It's so good. And the facilitator of the group said, yeah, I agree. But what prompted you to say that? And this ignorant person said, well, look at that bumper sticker on that car like they voted for or they're promoting. And yes, the owner of that vehicle where that bumper sticker was sitting in that small group and said, whoa, 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 I've been a Christian a long time. How can you judge and say that I'm lost because of this bumper sticker on the back of my vehicle? Now, I don't want this to turn into a political conversation where you shut this off. If you do, that's your own choice. But as Scott Sauls brings out in his book, Jesus Outside the Lines, too often Christians are more um, delighted in if or when somebody votes and thinks the same as them versus somebody's own salvation. Do you want to align with people that say, I've confessed with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord? Or do you find a greater affinity for someone that says, hey, I voted for the same person as you. I hold the same political viewpoint. This is my opinion that resonates with yours. Or are we more concerned with saying, I love Jesus and because of Jesus' love, I'm going to love whoever whether they look like me, vote like me, talk like me. I'm going to love them with the love of Jesus. I want them to belong to the family of God. I want them to share in the fellowship of Jesus. I want them to know. As Christians, we have a duty to... As Christians, we have a duty to love people. As Americans, you have the right to vote. 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 As an American, go vote. As a Christian, love. Engage in dialogue. Conversation. Conversation that helps you to grow as a disciple of Jesus. Conversation that broadens your way of thinking of how big, immense, vast is God's love for us that he chose us. He chose us when he allowed his son to die for us. And now we can live his love and share with others the truth of him. Invite others to belong and know that maybe somebody next to you voted differently than you. But as long as they love Jesus, we can work together to reach the lost with his love. I just want to continue. First John 1 John 1.4, we find these words. This is John writing. We write this to make our joy complete. We write this to make our joy complete. John wrote that because he knew that we must share God's truth 
with others. Not just the knowledge, not just the words, not just the thought, but what we've been able to experience, we share with others. And Chris McCandless, I hope he was a Christian. I hope Christians engaged in his life and shared God's salvation with him, that shared the truth and healing, the freedom, the help, the love, the grace, the mercy that Jesus gave. And I hope that Chris believed in his heart and confessed with his mouth. But I do believe these words are true. What Chris said, happiness isn't real unless it's shared. Let us share this happiness, the joy that we have with Jesus. Well, we find it right here in John, 1 John 1.4. We write this to make our joy complete. We share with others so that our joy may be made complete that we can share what we've experienced, the love of God with others. Well, I conclude uh, this Sunday with Ephesians 1, 3 through 4. We've shared this each Sunday this month. And I just want to read it again as a blessing to you and for us. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. What a joy it is to share with you. What a great experience it will be to be together, to learn together, but even more to know that God is for us. And because he is for us, we can be for others. We can share with them what we have seen and heard, what we have looked at, what we have touched and witnessed, what we have known to be true, not be, just because somebody said it to us, not just because we read it, but because we truly experienced his love for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And now that we are alive, redeemed in him, we are no better than anyone else, but we have a joy that we must share with others. Jesus, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you have created us for a purpose, and we can share that with one another to grow and to mature as yours, to reach and to know that you are for us. So may we just desire to grow in you and make that commitment to grow as yours. We thank you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Let it be done, God. Let it be done. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to subscribe to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. Uh, you can also see the live versions of these sermons on the Living Hope Wesleyan Church YouTube channel, as well as any more information that you'd be interested in at hopeforvermont.org. Thank you so much for listening.